TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. Liner to left field, a base hit. Wade will score. A rise right behind him. Throw to third. Not in time. And Kepler delivers against a lefty again. Strike three. Rogers gets the job done. One, two, three. And the Twins now lead the American League Central by six games. And they took three of four on Fox Sports North with Dick Bramer on the call. This is the Score North first place Twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. The magic number is 20. Rami Makloff, Judd Zolgad, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass talking some Twins with you until 1 o'clock. And Buster Only of ESPN will join us at 1220 to talk some Twins and some other going-ons around Major League Baseball. But the magic number is down to 20, Judd. And you heard there Dick Bramer say, well, the lead is now 5.5 because the Indians won last night, right? It was 6. Yes, they beat the White Sox last night. But the lead now 5.5 in the AL Central. That is correct, yes. And the magic number is 20 with 25 to play. All right, so how much stock or interest do you have in the next, well, six games when you consider the Red Sox in Cleveland, but the next three games... As far as interest goes, because I'm very curious now to see, we know that this team could hit. I'll start by saying that. Like, that's not a debate. That's not, they're fine. They're going to hit. They're going to hit in the playoffs. They're going to hit now. They're going to hit bad teams. They're going to hit good teams. They're going to hit the baseball, aside from occasionally being shut down by great pitching. So that's not even a conversation for me, but where I'm curious about the next six games, and in particular the next three in Fenway Park, Rami Maklov, is the pitching. Because you're now going against, I looked this up this morning, the top three run produce, or the top three in runs uh, scored in baseball are the Minnesota Twins, the Yankees, and Boston. So this to me. Yeah, the is record very, doesn't look good for Boston, but one thing they've been able they to do score, is They can score, right. Yeah. So, so the insightful thing here is not can the Twins hit, because they can, and they might score 15 runs tonight. I have no clue, but they might do that. What I would like to see after a week's worth of diets of the White Sox and then more particularly the Tigers, who are hard to watch, is <laughs> seeing the Twins pitching and both ends too, starters and bullpen, go up against Boston in Fenway Park. I think that's going to be so. You think this is this enlightening is, to see? This is the first test for this revamped bullpen that looked. I think real, it's a that test. Really, really good in August. I think it's a test. Like I'm looking for tests here, and I'm sorry, but I can't consider. Uh, Chicago to be a, to be much of a test. I believe if you look it up right now in the American League, the two teams at the bottom of the AL and runs scored are the White Sox and Detroit, respectively. Yeah. So, like, if you're playing the White Sox or the Tigers, that's sort of batting practice, and your pitchers might do well, and that's and that's great for potential confidence, unless you're Martin Perez on Saturday. But it doesn't really tell you much. So I'm just saying the only thing over the next three days where I think it's going to be very interesting to watch is. How do the starters and the bullpen fare against a team that we know can score runs? The good that we've seen from from the Twins pitching staff, not just the bullpen, but the, the pitching staff as a whole. And and by the good, I mean Jake Odorizzi seeming to get back on track. Michael Pineda coming off the IL and looking really, really good since, since he did come off the IL. And the bullpen, I mentioned this number yesterday, and this was from uh, Dan Hayes' piece at The Athletic, talking about what the Twins bullpen might look like if Bruce Dodd Gretarol is everything that he, he seems to be uh, that with Sam Dyson and Sergio Romo already in the mix, the Twins have posted a 3.69 ERA in August. That's fourth best in the majors, and their 3.24 fielding independent pitching in August is tops in the majors, and their uh, two wins above replacement is tops in the majors for bullpens, according to Fangraphs as well. So, but like you said, a lot of that was against the White Sox yeah. and the Tigers teams that don't really score a lot of runs. Now, now they're going they're going up against a formidable offense. Exactly, and this is this is where we find out if what we're if what we're seeing is for real. I for one believe that it is. I think going out and getting Sam Dyson and Sergio Romo, we talked about it beforehand. That makes Taylor Rogers because. He can be used more selectively and 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 less often. That makes him more effective when he does get out on the mound. That makes Trevor May more effective when he gets out on the mound. By adding those pieces to the bullpen, you you made yourself a lot better in the sixth 
through nine innings. That bullpen was extremely questionable yeah. before those guys came on board. Tyler Absolutely. Duffy, I think, is is better because yes. you, you're not relying on him as well, much this, and in spots where you shouldn't be. This goes back to what we've talked about now for the majority of the season with the bullpen as well, too, which is when Trevor May or Duffy are put in the proper positions, they can succeed. Right. So, But if you ask too much of them, they can't. And for a while there, it seemed like there was far too much at times being asked, especially of a guy like May, but now he can slot back in. So, yeah, I mean, the bullpen additions, I, I think, are fine. I am, I'm not criticizing the Twins. I am literally telling you, no, you're saying the next six games give you a window of opportunity to make probably a more accurate assessment. This is a measuring stick of sorts. Exactly. For, and the first real measuring stick in terms of a stretch of games for this bullpen since they put it together and since it's looked pretty good. You're you're gonna you're gonna have six games now, three against the, the Red Sox first up starting tonight, where you're facing really good offenses. And we're gonna find out if if what we saw from this bullpen was for real or if it was fool's gold. Your starters for this series interestingly go Randy Dobnik tonight. Barrios Which, by the way, yep. Derek Wetmore isn't even here to bask in the glory that the twins finally took his advice and well, that's what I was gonna say. Barrios back a day. Barrios pushed back a day to Wednesday. Martin Perez, who had been going okay before Saturday in Detroit, yeah. will pitch game three on Thursday evening. Uh, yeah, the Barrios move, by the way, fully endorse it. I told Wetmore, when Wetmore apologized after Barrios had not a great, but what I think we could deem to be an afternoon outing against the White Sox last week that was pretty good, I told Derek, you weren't wrong here. <laughs> the idea of pushing Barrios back to me, full, wholeheartedly endorse. And so it, it, now it makes tonight a little bit more difficult to judge because Dominic's going to start. I don't know he's going to go that long, right? So it's going to be, you were definitely going to get into your bullpen, one would think, at a pretty early point in tonight's game. But if that's, if that's what it ultimately takes to get Barrios more rest, I am all for it and have been for weeks now. I love that. Yeah, you have no problem with starting Dobnik today? No, no, no. I think whatever it takes to get Barrios back a day was worth it. Somebody tweeted me yesterday saying that the Twins are going to regret this because this this stretch of this next week or two of games is is going to be vital for the Twins in terms of winning this division. Well, well, okay. I know I've been cut the brakes guy, but I don't know if people realize just how close this Twins team is to just winning the division. And Cleveland's also now banged up badly. Yeah. And and here's the other point is if you I believe you have 6 games against the Indians left. If you crap out on all six, that's a you problem that's beyond belief. <laughs> Seriously. This one game this one game, if tonight, if getting Barrios rest and and hey, Barrios might have started night and gotten hammered. We don't know. But if getting Barrios pushing him back one day somehow comes back to bite you, you've got a lot bigger problems than than Randy Dobnik or Jose Barrios. A lot bigger problems. Right. And yeah, Cleveland, if Cleveland was going great guns right now, I might I might say, oh yeah, the the person might be right. But they're not. They've got injuries. And again, yesterday, who they beat up on? The Chicago White Sox, okay? And you've got a steady diet left of, if I'm not mistaken, White Sox, Royals, and Tiger Stoop. So you're in fine shape. You got seven games against the Royals. Okay. Three more with the White Sox and three more with the it's Tigers. A tasty stew. I am. Mm, I am yeah. more than willing. Nice salty. As most people know, to panic, but if but I can't get excited about that. And backing Barrios up, I think Derek was right. Probably should have been done a week or two ago. So if it's being done now, you are absolutely doing the right thing. I don't want to look. I don't want to look ahead of this. Red Sox series or even the the Cleveland series after that, but that Washington series when the Nationals come in here for that for those three are going to be really intriguing too because the Nationals have been playing great for about almost a month now. Yeah, They've been really really good. Yeah, for a while, so that's going to be a test too. I mean, yeah, it's not all cupcakes the rest of the schedule, which apparently Judd prefers that it's not all. Cupcakes. Oh, I love I love this. I love starting tonight. It's real baseball. The Detroit Tigers don't belong. <laughs> they they should have the MLB logo stripped off everything they wear and Comerical Park. They if are there, a AAA team. If there ever was a baseball team that deserved relegation like they have in European soccer leagues, I understand. I don't know. Um, no, you're right. It, it's the Detroit Tigers. Yes. And where, Baltimore's right with them, too. Where you're basically, your organization is sent to the minors 
for being so terrible. Guardy could be... Guardy, you're playing Toledo tomorrow and Rochester on Saturday. But exactly. Baltimore, right. this was kind of planned. It was. Detroit, oh. apparently it wasn't. According to Jason Stark. In Baltimore, the, no, the Orioles no, at least Gardy, have some... He said flat out, Guardy had thought, oh, this won't be so bad. He's like, Guardy, it's going to be awful. What are you and, talking about? And the Orioles at least have some pieces that you can look at and say, okay, in three or four years, they might have something cooking. The Tigers have nothing. Well, they actually do have a bunch of... Pitching coming up. The Tigers do? But you don't know on pitching. Right. Pitching it's to, such a crapshoot. Pitching to me is the great wild card of, look at all this pitching we've got. I mean, we could go back 40 years to stories. The Mets, Isringhausen, and Pulsifer. This is 1990. They're all going to come Wilson. up and Isringhausen's going to be unbelievable. Uh, no. Remember that was the, the next, Twins. Willie the, Banks. They were the next Atlanta Braves. Yes. That Mets rotation you're talking about. Yes, they were supposed to be the next Atlanta Braves, so, Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz. Forgive me if if the if the notion of we've got four young arms and it's going to be unbelievable. If I'm skeptical, and Judd, you're right. The Twins had that stretch too in the late '90s before before Tori and Minkavich and those guys yep. and AJ and those guys came up. But yeah, it was Rich Becker and well the Todd, 80s, Todd though. Walker and Scott Stahoviak. 1990, if I'm not mistaken, the Twins had prospects like Willie Banks. This kid was going to come up and be lights out pitcher. Never made it. Pat Mahomes was going. Oh, this is going to be unbelievable. Mm-hmm. They they had He's a, a good quarterback. They, yeah, he is. <laughs> He's father of the year, clearly, because <laughs> whatever he did as a dad is unbelievable. I just wish Patrick Mahomes, the pitcher, could have done the same that, that he did for his son. Well, he gave him that arm, apparently. Yeah, well, unfortunately, he did not use that arm successfully at the Metrodome <laughs> like his son has for the Kansas City Chiefs. He ended up becoming an okay reliever with the Mets, though, after he left the Twins. Yeah, okay. He was an okay reliever. His kid's an NFL MVP. I know. I wanted that guy for the Twins. For, forgive me for uh, for being a little bit selfish and greedy here, but I wanted Pat Mahomes to pitch like his kid throws a football. <laughs> I mean, that is being a little bit greedy. Oh, it's definitely. But you know what? It's my right. That's true. I've been here forever. It's my right yeah, to say, why does Kansas City get the offspring of a guy who's supposed to be good here in baseball and his, and his kid is a fantastic football player? You, you have earned that. I think I, am, I think I am on solid ground. But the point being is... I forgot what the point was. Pitching, is, the point. pitching, being, pitching being one thing that is very difficult to be like, we got four guys in, in a couple of years when they're up here, it's going to be unbelievable because two of them or three of them will undergo Tommy John. One will just fail miserably on his own volition and then... You're sort of lost. Yeah, I mean, pitching, that's that's the biggest crapshoot in baseball. That's that's why you see organizations, when they start these rebuilds, like Theo Epstein and the Cubs just draft offense, 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 position player after position player, because when you sign a pitcher in free agency, you more or less know what you're getting. Like, there's always the risk for an injury, but you more or less know what you're getting when Absolutely. you sign a veteran pitcher. Whereas with these minor league pitchers and these draft picks, it's a complete crapshoot. I mean, they're doing something that the human body isn't meant to do. You're not not meant to use your body as a slingshot and hurl your arm forwards, (laughs) releasing an object at 90-plus miles an hour. The Royals Royals were bad for for 30 years, you know, before they got to the World Series because for so long during that period, they were just drafting pitchers, and they were all flaming out. Is is pitching the biggest crapshoot in all of scouting and sports? Quarterbacks, Probably. quarterbacks have to come close because there are so many that you expect to be decent yeah. to good that fail. But pitching might be the biggest overall hardest thing for for a human being trained in scouting a particular sport to actually be right about. And it takes a long time for a lot of those guys to even for you to even find out if those guys can be well anything for you and that's why now i i think the cardinals were one of the teams i believe to start this too you've got scouts looking at center fielders and shortstops and projecting them as pitchers because to rami's point they didn't pitch mm-hmm. which is good for their arm then as adults to start pitching right or it's not good for it their arm doesn't have the wear and tear that kids who came up as pitchers have yeah it's mileage that's so. that's what'll do you in Anyway, my point being, what I want to see from the Twins in the next three games is overall pitching against Boston because Boston can definitely score runs. Oh, and, yeah. and I know that the Twins are going to score runs, so they might win. But if they win 12-10 a bunch of times, I'm still going to say, oh, boy, that's not what I was hoping to see. Is this an audition of any sort for Dobnak, you think? Because we've talked about the fact they Ooh. have one, maybe two pitchers signed for their starting rotation next season. 
That's a really good question. I think the answer is probably no. I think he's a bullpen guy. I mean, he's come up through the system pretty quick. He was pitching for a single-A Cedar Rapids just last year. Well, what, two years back or so, I believe he was in independent league baseball in Michigan somewhere. So, like, like with a team like the Saints. I don't know. It's a good question, too, because... Of the three pitchers that can walk, are you going to aggressively pursue two of them to try and keep them? Pineda, Odorizzi, and Gibson. I got to think Gibson's probably gone. Right. Odorizzi, you could, uh, you would probably make the qualifying offer too, I would guess. Pineda, I would try and keep now. But that's a good that's a good question. I think I, you're going to have to have at least one person from within your own system. I don't think you can fill out the whole rotation no. with, with free agents. No, and and I, I guess the my follow up question to what you just said is is the plan for Gratterall if things go as well as they possibly can to be a starter in 2020 on your big league rotation in right. your big league rotation, right? Because that's a possibility too. And let's see what he can do for that bullpen. I really think that bullpen has the potential if if Gratterall is. Uh, can is a secret weapon out of that bullpen. Yes. I really think they have a chance to be a strength and maybe one of the more dangerous bullpens in the playoffs come October. If you're adding that kind of arm So what's to your it, feeling about this? So ideally if things go exactly as planned, you go something like Duffy slash May, Gratterall, Romo, Rogers primarily? Yeah. So yeah, I mean those are your six ba- guys. Basically you tell your starter just get us five kid. Yeah. That's what I was talking about with Derek yesterday. Yeah. I think you you if if this continues through September, this the performance that we saw in August from that bullpen. Come October, you're literally just asking your bullpen to get you five. Oh, and Dyson maybe too, maybe into that's right, maybe into the sixth inning, and then hand it over to that bullpen. That's how good I think they could be by October. The Gratterall experiment to me will be very interesting because it's certainly been done in baseball before, but it's something that I think sort of flies in the face of how the Twins have always operated. But this is obviously a different regime. But I will be curious because if he can if he can come up and throw lights out, just lights out with with that stuff, because in these parts we haven't seen a kid like this in basically forever. Yeah, who can come up? Who can, can hit triple digits yes. on the gun? And yeah. when's the last time? Basically, <laughs> never. Not since I've been alive. It's a different world. So if that works, if you could go Gratterall, so let's say you go um, something along the lines of Dyson. Gratterall, Romo, Rogers. But but Did then you forget Dyson again. No no no. Oh, okay. no I took out okay. Duffy and and so he, and he might Dyson? yes yeah. Okay. But but this all comes back to why I'm curious about the series that starts tonight. Let's see this bullpen now against a team that can really hit. Because if you play the Yankees, they can really hit. You know who's a team that can really hit? Twins. The Minnesota Twins. They are a record-breaking offense. We're going to talk about the Twins with Buster Olney of ESPN. He's going to join the Score North First Place Twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 ranks, where the magic number is 20, right after this on 1500scorenorth.com in the Score North mobile. My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. The Score North Twin Show. Bomba. On Score North and scorenorth.com. Also available on demand on the Score North mobile app, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Right center field. And Kay with a diving catch in right. A great catch by Jake Cave streaking in from right field. That highlight courtesy of Fox Sports North. This is the Score North first place Twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 ranks where the magic number is 20. Rami Makloff, Judd Zulgad, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass and joining us now on the Score North first place Twins show. You know him from ESPN, ESPN.com, covering Major League Baseball. It is Buster only. Buster, welcome to the show. How are you this afternoon? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. A month ago. What happened a month ago? No, a, a month to go. Oh, a I month to go. Okay. <laughs> month to go in the baseball season. <laughs> yes, there is. And Buster, a month to go left in the season, and the Twins set the single-season home run record for a Major League Baseball team, what is it now, three days ago? 
a lot of people I feel are brushing this off because of the juice baseball or whatever else might be happening in, in modern day baseball. How impressive is is that record to you, or is it somewhat tarnished or something to to brush off? I, I think, generally speaking, because um, it feels like every day we're getting three and four records broken. You know, most for a rookie, most over two weeks, most for a team. I think twenty-two teams are going to have their their individual uh, club records broken this year, something in that range. Um, I, I, you know, Pete Alonso, I saw the other day, and you know, he just set the Mets record with a month ago as well. And I, I think the, you know, within that, you, you, you do definitely. I think it diminishes that. But that doesn't take away from the Twins' improvement. I mean, that to me is because uh, it's all, I mean, everyone's playing with the same baseball, and the fact that they have more homers than everybody else and they've had such improvement, um, you know, tells you a lot about the work of the front office, the work of the players over the last year, and I think that's a credit to them, regardless of, you know, how gaudy the numbers are. Do, do you enjoy this this game now, too? I mean, as you just talked about, Buster, we have records broken Power-wise, on a daily basis, with where baseball is right now, juice ball or not, do you enjoy this? No, uh, I really don't. And i got to tell you, I mean, I've had this conversation and asked, asked your question to uh, front office executives and, and said, you know, do you like this uh, home run or strikeout version of baseball with all the relief pitchers being used in 2019? And, and it's almost across the board. Um, and people are, are hoping that there's going to be an adjustment, you know, thinking that there's going to be an adjustment in the upcoming CBA, and, and that's why I think you know there's growing concern over uh, the fact that the two sides don't seem to be talking that much because it does feel like the, the product has been diminished by the, the all-or-nothing approach that we're seeing with hitters. Do you have something in mind that they could adjust, or do you think it's just going to be a, a natural adjustment of, of the league countering what, what hitters are currently trying to do? Well, one, I do think that there's going to be, and, and I do think that they, they need to get back to reestablish, uh, reestablishing the preeminence of starting pitchers and having them go deeper into the games. I don't know how you guys feel. You know, those uh, especially when we get into September, those games where you're seeing six, eight relievers, you know, uh, batter to batter from the fifth inning on. I can't stand it, and I, and I don't think that you know it's a it's a way you're going to draw on casual fans. You know, I have a son who's 15 years old. He's sports crazy. You know, he loves the Braves. He loves the Titans. Uh, and I've asked him, hey, you want to sit and watch a game with me? And, and he's like, no, it's just torture, I think, for a casual baseball fan to watch that many pitching moves. Now, on the flip side, in terms of the baseball, the interesting part of that, because a lot of front office people I've spoken with, you know, they're wondering if the baseball is going to be, for lack of a better way to, to put it, softened for next year. But that can happen, uh, according to the CBA, without the cooperation and the agreement of the Players Association. And, and, you know, their feeling is is that why is the baseball changed with us being involved, you know, to this point? So that that's going to be an interesting uh, dynamic in the offseason. Also, uh, to go back to the uh, subject of starting pitching, Buster, it seems that, that this trend of going to bullpens a lot and early and, and often might have started with the Royals when they turned that corner and got good and the Yankees. But those were with some like three lights out arms. Those guys were great. As you talk to people in the sport, do you get the feeling that there is going to be a trend at some point soon here to go, go back to starters? Because it just feels like there's this assumption that all these arms exist and they're all good. And a lot of them aren't, Buster. A lot of them are guys that, that might be mop-up guys but are being asked to probably play roles that they simply shouldn't be. I, I agree with you, and I feel like the pendulum is swinging on that. Uh, you know, As of today, uh, Sarah Langs, who does a great job for us on Sunday Night Baseball Research, um, we've seen the more relievers used in baseball in 2019 than any other season. And a lot of that is because of this idea that, you know, you bring in a fresher pitcher, you're better. But look at what happened. Uh, look what happened with so many of the contenders. You know, questions about the Dodgers bullpen, questions about the Astros bullpen, uh, the Braves, the Nationals. There are not very many uh, teams with good bullpens right now, and you're right. Um, when you're starting to see teams say, you know what, let's rely more on the starting pitchers. The Twins have certainly done it this year. You look at the Astros, who are more analytically savvy probably than any other organization. They rely on starting pitching. Um, I do feel like it's kind of going back the other way because this year, you know, the hitters have learned how to hit high fastballs, and that was always the theoretical advantage that some of these relievers have coming in, throwing hard, and pitching the upper half of the strike zone, but now those guys are getting pounded. 
Yeah, and you mentioned there the Astros. I saw Garrett Cole go well over the 100-pitch mark. I think it was in last night's game or maybe two nights ago. And then you, you have Justin Verlander obviously throwing a no-hitter over the weekend, his his second of the season. So, like you said, that's that's a team that is usually ahead of the Major League Baseball curve, or at least has been for a handful of years now. And they seem to be going back to the trend now, Buster, of relying on their pitchers into the sixth, if not the seventh or later of a baseball game. That's exactly right. Uh, and I am wondering if, uh, you know, we are going to see more situations where uh, managers will start to extend their starters a little bit deeper. Because, you know, for years, when I first started covering baseball, it was not unusual to see a starting pitcher go 120 pitches. And then that went down to 110, then 100. And I've had managers say to me privately, look, I probably would, would extend them more but I'm, I'm kind of worried about the reaction of you guys in the media. Um, and the last couple of years, we've seen pitchers, you know, managers, once you get over the 80 pitch mark, start to look to, to pull the ripcord uh, and, and go to the bullpen. And, and now you just you wonder if it, we go back to that place where you identify the best pitchers on your staff and say, look, we're better off having one of our five uh, starting pitchers work than the seventh or eighth reliever on our staff, and maybe we should put – uh, you know, more stock in, in the starters than those back-end relievers. Where in your mind do you think Garrett Cole ends up, and, and I guess just as importantly, how, how much is he going to get paid, and when, uh, based on what we've seen the past two winters, which is basically some really high-profile, great players sitting on the market into spring training now, Buster? Well, they may. <laughs> Garrett may sit for a while because he's represented by Scott Boris. Okay. Uh, and we've seen Scott wait and wait and wait and wait, but here's the thing. He's going to get paid. Like some free agents the last couple of years haven't gotten paid. He's going to get paid. I had a, a general manager predict to me last year, yeah, he's going to break David Price's record, $217 million, because not only you know is he having a fantastic year, he and Justin Verlander are probably going to finish 1-2, one, 1 or the other, uh, for the American League Cy Young. He turns 29, I think, in the next week, so you get prime years from him. Uh, and the the number of teams that could line up that need a guy like him is long, and they involve some really big spending teams. The Yankees, who are going to lose Tanaka after next year to free agency. Uh, Sabathia retiring. Jay Happ comes off the books after next year. The Phillies uh, desperately need help in their rotation, and they've got a lot of payroll flexibility. And Garrett grew up five miles from Angel Stadium, and he would be absolutely perfect for what they need now that they have the Trout situation settled. Maybe they'll fee, uh, feel more free to, to go up and make a move for him. And I haven't even mentioned the Astros, you know, and whether or not they would take a run to try to keep him keep him in Houston. Talking with Buster Olney of ESPN here on the Score North First Place Twins Show. Twins taking on the Red Sox in the first of three tonight. And Buster, what what happened to those Red Sox, and what's going to happen to those Red Sox? Because that looked like a team that looked poised for a long run as, well, they were defending World Series champions and looked like they could contend for, for a few more, and they are they are basically pretty close to being out of the playoff picture with a month left in the season, and they have some interesting decisions to make this offseason and beyond. Okay, so I'm going to throw a theory at you that I've been working on the last uh, month or so, and you guys can scoff at me and laugh at me, and I, I wouldn't say that would be unreasonable. No, Buster, one of our brands here is Reckless Speculation, so <laughs> feel, feel free to go crazy here. Okay, so, of course, we've gone almost two decades without a team repeating as champion, and I, know I asked George Springer uh, a couple weeks ago about, you know, what do you make of the hangover effect of, of being champion one year and then uh, the, and what happens the next year? And he talked about the physical exhaustion. But I also think, guys, and I, I've talked to members of front offices this, about this, and they believe in this to some degree, that there's also some mental exhaustion with being the champions, like to being the Red Sox. Because, uh, you know, a bunch of idiots like me uh, are chasing you around, and they want your time in a way they didn't before. And here's the thing. You know, 25 years ago, uh, you left the ballpark and you went home and you were inoculated from any you know baseball conversation. You could build a wall to it. Now with social media, it's 24 hours a day that you're Mookie Betts and you're JD Martinez and you're the defending champions. I just think it's harder because of the the attention and the nature of the attention has been different. And just being around the Red Sox this year, guys, like last year you're around them and they're so joyful and happy. And this year they were kind of grumpy and annoyed <laughs> and tired. And 
it's it's a fascinating thing, uh, and, and I'm curious to see you know moving forward asking players about it. I love this. Here, here's why. Also, additional rounds of playoffs and guys pitch more. You, yep. You know, I grew up in you. You went to the league championship series, Buster, and then you went to the World Series, and that was it. And I'm not saying that that was simple, but now we now we potentially got a play-in game. You've got a divisional round, LCS round, and so I think you're exactly right. I think the the ex- exhaustion of high-profile, high-pressure games that deep into the fall, you'd be crazy not to think that by the time that to think by the time that you get to the spring training camp that you'd be absolutely fine. I bet a lot of guys are still exhausted. And the next year, you have situations like you know uh, the Red Sox in spring training. Uh, you know, you get the tsunami of media members who come and hey, can you do this and can you do this and you do the extra appearances. And then Major League Baseball, you know, says that we want you to go to London. Uh, you know, they spent two weeks on the road uh, before the season started. I just, you know, when you're the champion, everyone's coming at you for good reasons. And I just think they get worn down. Uh, and I'm, you know, actually, as I said, I've been working on this theory for a couple of weeks, and a lot of players privately agreeing with me. They're going to have to do something with Mookie Betts here in the near future, aren't they, Buster? They are. Uh, they're nearing a crossroad about a decision because they've tried to sign him to a long-term deal. He's a free agent after next season, and to this point, uh, they haven't gotten any traction with it. And so if you're the Red Sox and you're looking at this situation, um, you know, I'm assuming that early in this upcoming offseason, they probably will approach Mookie and say, hey, what do you think about a long-term deal? And if he says no, then if you're the Red Sox, you've got a few choices to make. Do you trade him this offseason? Uh, and there are some folks in other front offices who think the Red Sox will at least entertain that, entertain that or do you uh, just play out into 2020 and maybe – possibly be open to the idea of moving him next summer, or do you just see him walk away as a free agent after next year? Hmm. I think there is a fair chance he's going to move this winter based on what I've heard. Your thoughts on the uh, Twins' playoff chances in a league where they can clearly uh, clearly hit? I think the bullpen's improved since the trades were made uh, at the deadline, Buster. But just as far as when the playoffs start, what do you think the Twins' uh, chances are in that field in the American League? Well, I mean, let's face it. You know, the Yankees and the Astros will be heavy favorites. Uh, there are three super teams in baseball right now, those two and the Dodgers. Uh, and if I were a Twins fan, I would be hoping for a road of facing the Yankees in the best-of-five division series. I think they're better, they match up better against the Yankees in a shorter series. Uh, and, and uh, you know, and then, the, then seeing the Astros in the, in the American League Championship Series. Look, the Yankees... Rotation is a concern, but it's getting a little bit better. And just watching them the last couple weeks, there's no doubt, uh, compared to other teams in the American League, once you get past the sixth inning against the Yankees, if it's close, they've got a big advantage because their bullpen is so good. If it's Twins Yanks, prepare yourself for 432-1817, Buster only. <laughs> I went to the series at Target Field in July, and you you will be, I, I think, departing the ballpark there at about uh, 3 in the morning. That, those things are going to be but long. But fun. No, but it's going to be indoor soccer. They're, they're the long baseball games you don't mind. Well, yeah, but yeah. it's going to be a long it's going to be long cuz that's going to be two teams slugging it out for the entire game essentially. Oh, you better believe it. I mean, and we'll be talking launch angle for for <laughs> a, a whole week. That's Buster Olney. You can obviously catch him on ESPN, ESPN.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Buster Olney, and catch him almost weekly with Patrick Royce on Royce on Baseball right here on Score North. Buster, thanks a lot. Really appreciate the time. Sure, guys. Thanks, sir. There's Buster Olney joining us on the Score North first place Twins show. Buster Olney, by the way, guys, huge Minnesota Vikings fan. Yeah. Is he really? Yes. Why didn't you tell me that beforehand? I would have got his thoughts and predictions for the upcoming season. The the baseball stuff's so good. I did chat with him uh, as I was getting him on the phone here, and he uh, he does like the uh, addition of Josh Doxson. His kid's a Titans fan. He's got to be very disappointed. I know. It's crazy. You know, come on. The old man likes the purple. Like the purple too. <laughs> Hold on, his kid's a Titans fan. Yeah, he he said my kid. He said my kid. Well, okay. So here's the ultimate indictment of baseball. His 15 year old kid, your Buster only son. I mean, your dad has made made his name and his life doing a great job covering <laughs> baseball. And dad says, "Hey, you wanna you wanna join me to watch some baseball? Considering that's my life's passion." The kid's like, "No way." 
<laughs> he just said that. Mm-hmm. Buster just told us that. He said my kid loves the Titans and loves, I think, basketball. <laughs> I think he said the Braves. Or, yeah, the Braves. Okay, yeah, but like, I mean, he basically like said Braves, my yeah. kid does not want to sit down and watch baseball. It, his comments, though, and this intrigues me a lot. I really do think that there's a lot of people inside the sport that can't stand where the sport has gone power-wise and strikeout-wise. I think a lot of baseball fans like the nuance of things. I did. And it's remarkable to watch what the Twins have done, but, but, when, I, you consider, but when you consider across the board the philosophical shift there, I think a lot of people inside the sport are like, I, it'd be nice to get a, probably somewhere in the middle with this. Yeah, but it, and it will. It'll come back. It'll it'll regress to the mean, so to speak, you know, of what you, you know baseball when? to when be. When they change the ball? After a strike when they change the baseball. No, I don't think it'll take a strike. There might be one, but I don't think it'll be over the style of play. Here's what's going to happen, because I've seen it. Hockey, 2005, lost an entire year, right? The most important thing was not the lost year. That stunk. The most important thing was Brendan Shanahan and his buddies basically got together with officials from the league and came up with new rules designed to change the game. That's what's going to happen in baseball. Somebody very smart. It, they're going to lose time, but as as they are, they need to get a panel assembled to decide. Because right now we're just throwing out stuff. Okay, it's three batters and you can't take a pitch, right? Yeah. Like, we need to decide on... We we need a definitive sit down summit. See, I don't think on we what do. baseball should look like. I think that's exactly what they don't need because I I think that they're overthinking it. That's it, that's the problem because every sport goes through this. The NFL goes through and it's the NFL hasn't had a defensive era say, in a lo- while. They love this, Be, but that's because they keep changing the rules to put defenses mm-hmm. at a disadvantage. Before that, you saw eras where defenses You've- dominated, eras where offenses dominated. You saw eras where the running game dominated, eras where the passing game dominated, and that's because just naturally, the evolution of the sport by teams countering what is popular and successful for a given era, it swings things back the other way. That will happen in baseball. That's why I keep telling Rob Man. Manfred, we don't need to 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 reshape the game. You don't need to reinvent the, ball the has, wheel. The ball has to go. The ball needs to go back to somewhat and, normal. And where I disagree, though, is we need to come up with with rules and ideas that, that are going to take the game and make it healthy with a generation of fans that they can sit through it. Well, and with football, though, too, the rules did change to aid the offense. Sure. They put. They started putting more of an emphasis on pass interference. They started putting more of an emphasis on illegal contact. Remember the Colts Patriots AFC Championship mm-hmm. game in the in the big snow at, at Gillette Stadium and For sure. Peyton Manning and Jim Irsay and all of them were crying after that game because all oh, the Patriots, the Ty Law and those guys were putting their hands on our receivers. They changed the rule the next year. And we saw this explosion because at that time it was still a pretty heavy running back type of league. I mean, the passing numbers were up because the quarterback play had gotten better, but they changed those rules and put a heavy emphasis on illegal contact and the passing numbers. Where baseball is different, though, is baseball. Their conundrum is based on, on the fact that I think in basketball, hockey and football, if you go offense, you really can't go wrong. Like there are some people that like great defense in basketball. I get that. But I think if you take young fans and pull them, they're like, absolutely. Offense in football, offense in basketball, offense in hockey. Baseball is a little bit different because I think a lot of people enjoy quicker games, well-played games, and too much offense in baseball drags the game out, and sometimes it's not well-played at all. I'm not saying that their solutions are simple. I do think it's worth a discussion, though. And and yes, you need to, you need to start out with the ball going back to being the ball. Like it, it's unfair to young kids now to be like, you want to be a pitcher? <laughs> How about that? You can throw super hard. Oh, good. If I throw super hard, Mister Zolgad, what's going to happen? Well, some kid's going to come up and hit the so ball five hundred feet even harder. Yeah, exactly. Duck. And you might get killed, but if you don't get killed, it's going to clear the fence by a lot, and everyone's going to applaud the kid. The kid's like, I don't want to pitch. Even even Justin Verlander, for as great as he's been this year, and he had the no hitter the other day. He's going to give up for. Ronnie was tweeting that a couple days ago. Yeah, he's third he's, in the league in home runs allowed. He's got thirty. He's allowed thirty-three home runs this year. He's going to allow forty, probably. Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> he might win the Cy Young. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but Garrett Cole probably that, will, but because of that, I don't, saying. I don't really hate seeing Justin Verlander in a playoff series if I'm the Twins. His weakness is but you is hate the seeing, Twins' strength. But you hate seeing Houston. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yes, in individual pitchers, but. 
Thank you very much, Mr. Cole. Houston, the, Houston, Mr. Is, Houston is the one team that then Mr. Granke. I think has a clear cut advantage over the Twins. I don't see the Yankees as a as a clear cut favorite over the Twins. I'm, I'm with you on here's, that. They're here's not. the thing with Verlander. Totally with you. If you're going to beat Verlander, you got to get you got to get base runners on. If he's going to give up home runs, fine. I mean, you could hit four home runs off of Justin Verlander, right. but if they're all solo home runs, it's not going to matter. You're probably have, still going to lose. I have no fear of the Twins going into a playoff series and being shut down. I think they might get shut down for a game or something, but that's not my fear. My fear is, and this is why the next six games and three in particular make me curious, is can you get by, can you win eight to six? Yeah. Like that's, I just need to see your pitching. Your pitching needs to hold up. Right. Because, and, and I think it goes back to my point, though. If if you hit four solo home runs off of Justin Correct. Verlander in game one, okay, you scored four runs off of him. But if you're, st- if Jose Barrios has given up six runs, Correct. <laughs> right. Doesn't matter. Which is why I need to put my, I need to hold my breath a little bit. Hope for the best, and if the pitching can if the pitching can come through, I'm in pretty doggone good shape because I'm pretty confident that if I play a best four or seven, that in at least three of those games or so, I'm going to score enough runs to be sufficient to win if I get the proper pitching. Right? Yeah, absolutely. That's it. And the way this bullpen pitched in August, you feel pretty good that and you're, you're going right, to get though. the proper pitching. The Yankees do not scare me. No. Now, do no. I think now? Do I fear that they might beat me eighteen to third or eighteen to fifteen? Yeah, but they don't scare me. Houston, if the Twins went into a series against Houston, I'd probably say they're dead. I think they're dead. I'd give them a fighting chance. The Yankees, but I'm not. The Yankees, no way. No, I see a lot of the Twins and the Yankees. Yeah, that's what I see. Yeah, I mean the Yankees are the Yankees and Twins at least starting pitching wise did the exact same thing at the deadline. Nothing. Right. No, sir, no yeah. seriously. No, I, you're right. I, in both cases, we're like, somebody go do something. Right. And both of them did nothing. And you said, now, the difference is, if I'm not mistaken, Brian Cashman did basically nothing with his bullpen. Right. And the Twins did. And I do think that the Twins improved themselves with their relief pitching. But, yeah, I can't go. I would not go into a Twins-Yankees series and be like, oh, New York's a big favorite. I think the national media would for sure, don't you? Yes, I, there. There's a perception. That's why I'm glad you asked Buster that. I was, I was, I had that one loaded, and you got to it before I did. Of what, how, what he thought of their chances in the postseason. There, there's a definite perception that the Yankees are just this great team, and and the record's impressive. I get all that, but keep in mind too. But they play in a bandbox though, and they've also played Baltimore 87 times. Yep. That that's the yep. that's the one thing that I really hope does not repeat itself in 2020. I'm not saying that there won't be bad teams. There will be. But I really hope that the, the league itself is stronger. Because, like, when well, the Yankees play... I that it will be. The Tigers, I mean. But, but when the Yankees play Baltimore, who, by the way, I think are going to be bad again in 2020, mm-hmm. it doesn't tell you... Like, those wins don't mean much to me. Yeah. It's like, you should win those games. It's way more fun to me when you actually play games that I can sit down and say, okay, I gleaned something from that win or loss. Right. I like that. Right. And unfortunately, Manny's right. Detroit, you can't do that. The White Sox are in and out as all get out. Like, there's times I think, oh, the White Sox are starting to turn in that corner. And then the White Sox lose seven I consecutive. Think the White Sox will take a big step next year. I hope they I do. Think they'll It'll be, be more fun. Not, I don't know that they'll necessarily be right there with the Twins and Indians, but I think there will be times where we're going, hey, man, the White Sox might, they might fight their way into this thing. I think they might be that type of team next year. Be more fun. We'll hit a quick break. More of the Score North First Place Twins show right after this on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Now that I've become a fan of baseball and everything you need to know about how baseball works, and it might get a little crazy, but let's get straight to it. Whoever scores the most runs wins. It's the Score North Twin Show. Twins. twins coverage on Score North and scorenorth.com. All right, it is time for a Score North download, and I'm Manny Hill back here in studio after uh, many, many days at the Minnesota State Fair. We're back in studio here at Score North, the TCL Broadcast Studios, that is. And uh, I've got a download for you, and it is in regards to the Minnesota Twins. Remember that poll we put up yesterday in regards to the Twins and who would you rather face if you're the Twins in the playoffs? We have the the Astros, the Yankees, or other, that being the Indians, A's, and Rays. Uh, And that poll is just about wrapped up, and um, the other has uh, come out as the victor here. So most of you would like to see the Indians, A's, or Rays 
in the playoffs against the Twins. The Yankees finishing second at 34%. And yeah, not very many of you want to see the Houston Astros. That uh, finished at 18%. So that is your Score North download as we return for one final segment of the Score North Twin Show. First place Twins show live from Bomba Soda, the land of 10,000 rakes, where the magic number is 20. Rami Makhlouf, Judd Zulgad, you heard Manny there. On the Score North download, I don't think it's it's very, I think it's almost, I don't want to say impossible, but it's very unlikely that they do get one of the wildcard teams in the first round of the playoffs right. at this point, right? They're going to end up with the Astros or the Yankees round one. You'd have to finish with the best record, basically. And it's not. That's probably not going to happen. happen no. they're, they're what, four games back, I think, right now? Mm-hmm. Because if I'm not mistaken, the Astros and Yankees right now are tied for the best mark. I'm, I'm not sure what the tiebreaker is in the American League. I, I got a question for both you guys, and this is just a, a philosophical question about something the Twins have done. That I am, I understand, I guess I get it, but I don't really get it. Byron Buxton has been activated. Now, the 40-man roster went into play on Sunday, so it doesn't matter. Like, you can activate him, it doesn't matter. But what they're going to do is they don't feel that his um, the subluxation, if I'm saying that right, in his left shoulder is healed enough. He can't really swing a bat yet, but he can play defense. And I think it's been insinuated he could pinch run if necessary or if they desired him to. And they put him in in the ninth inning on Sunday. And since Gratterall, or... Gratterall. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Made his debut as well. It didn't get a lot of attention. Um, but here's my feeling. I think Byron Buxton remains extremely important to the potential postseason success of this team. Like, vital. I think he's extreme. Mean, not, not just it's nice. He is, and we've covered this ground, defensively, he's great. If he gets on the base paths, he's a nightmare. <sighs> With all the conversations that we've had about this guy and and his nature of running in defenses and basically going all out, don't you guys think that sending this guy out in, let's say, the 8th or ninth as a defensive replacement is inviting him to think, I've got to do something to help my team. Mm-hmm. Damn it, I'm going to catch that ball. And, Rami, you're you're the guy who said before that you would go Bobby Cox, Andrew Jones, 180, <laughs> yeah. and yank Buxton out field for running and pull him hard. out. Yeah. I, I, just, I, want, I want him... My basic philosophy is I want him as healthy as possible when he can play, and I really want him, when the playoffs start to be out there, I think you're tempting fate a little bit because I don't. I think Byron Buxton, in his mind now, is thinking, whatever I have to do to help this team, I will do. And I don't want you crashing defenses. I don't ever want you diving for balls, especially when, when you still are clearly not 100% since you can't hit yet. I I gotta, I gotta believe that one of two things has been determined by the Minnesota Twins. Otherwise, they're acting recklessly, and you're right. But I gotta believe that one of two things has been determined behind closed doors. Either A, that he is not really at great risk of further injuring himself or suffering a setback by playing the field or running the bases, that it's, it's swinging a baseball bat. And that was the thing that caused the discomfort and the setback that they say was not a setback in his minor league rehab assignment. It seems like swinging a baseball bat against high-velocity pitching where you have to exert a little bit more and it's a little bit more of that quick-twitch muscle that's that's involved in that motion versus chasing down a fly ball or even running into a wall or diving for a baseball. Either they've determined that he's not at risk of re-injury or further injuring himself by doing that, or they've they've come to the conclusion that whatever risk he runs in the field and running the basis of further injuring himself or suffering a setback, that's not going to go away the rest of this season. Because from what I understand about this injury, it's something that lingers until you have surgery, and then it can even tend to linger after that, and the shoulder can be kind of loose and, and liable to pop out at any moment. So maybe they've just, maybe they've, their doctors have just said, look, this thing, they could pop out at any moment. Yeah. And, and it could happen on the field, but that's not going to change. Like well, he's, he's as equipped right now to run the bases and play the field as he's going, be, going to be for the rest of 2019. Because here's the thing if he's running the bases, if he slides head first. Right. I mean, if he's got his hands out, if, his, if he's got his arms out like this and he's sliding in head first into second base or trying to slide into the plate, but don't you score, give him, don't you I give mean, him the benefit of the doubt that they they have to have come to okay. one of those two conclusions medically before running him back out there? On the current problems, you are probably right. Here's my concern: new injury. 
I want to bubble wrap him until the playoffs. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not joking, you guys. I'm yeah. dead serious. I want to bubble wrap him until I want him. You're probably right, Rami. They have probably said, okay, it's it's bad. It's going to stay bad, or it's just as healed as it could possibly get. I'm going with. I don't want you running into a fence again, and now your right shoulder pops out. Now I've lost you for the playoffs. So should they just shut him down until I would the playoffs, sh- you think? Until he can hit, for sure. Mm-hmm. My until pro- he's full go. My, prob- my problem is they're admitting he can't hit. But we're going to put him out there because he can play defense. Okay, but as we've talked about, you're five and a half games up in first place. You're in pretty good shape. If this was a half-game lead and all hell was breaking loose and, oh my gosh, this is the only guy that can play defense for you, maybe I can go down this path. But you're five and a half up. Can the injury be made worse? That's what I want to know. I am seriously concerned about a new injury. New injury? And I I mean, I can't blame you. With his history, I can't, I can't yeah. blame you. I'm panicked, but in this case, I think I'm justified to panic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Why do I have to sit in a studio and make decisions that should be made at Target Field? I don't know. And where's my paycheck from the Minnesota Twins That's LLC? I was just going to say, because you're not employed by the Twins. You're employed by Score North and Hubbard Broadcasting. Well, maybe I could get a part-time job. I mean, we know they listened. We know they're listening to the show. <laughs> they're listening. What are they, like Martians? So they, they, get, they get your advice for free. Why would they pay you, Judd? I mean, look. To keep it proprietary. Derek Wetmore to take it offline push is, Jose Barrios back a day. Yeah. What do you know? Randy Dobnak is starting tonight, and Jose Brios has been pushed back a day. They got Derek Wetmore's baseball savvy and intellect for free. And then Wetmore apologized. Which, by the way... And I told him not to apologize. You can get it for free at scorenorth.com or the Score North mobile app, which uh, is a place where you can stream You know what I think I'm going to do? I rewards, think I'm going to write about this. Streaming thing. Really? And so then you can read it on scorenorth.com. And you can read it at scorenorth.com because it's your one-stop shop for all written content. Now, the paywall there... The paywall well. there is pretty serious. It's uh, free. <laughs> Can I just say potentially as, limited time so I <laughs> can, yeah. can I just say as we exit here, I'm a big fan of Randy Dobnak just because of the the mustache. And the, goggles. The, yeah, goggles too, right? Fantastic. And seeing him seeing that look pitching at Fenway Park is gonna be fantastic tonight. I'll just wait till the great. Just hope he doesn't get lit. Wait till the baseballs go flying over the green monster, and then let's see how great you think it was. Bye. Twins Red Sox tonight. That's going to do it for the Score North First Place Twins Show, live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. I will be right back with Matthew Collar for Score North Live right after this on 1500 scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Judd's out of here. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.